That is the sound of the bell of round number eight, Pacific Coast Boxing. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ganchos al hígado. When in doubt, stick it out. Dudo, 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 Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Still coming down off of that big fight on Saturday night. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We got to see the face of boxing, mm-hmm. the without argument, pound for pound, Best fighter in the game today, of course, Canelo Alvarez, who, I mean, we're going to talk about it, of course, after, uh, you know, in our first segment, but thoroughly dominated Caleb Plant, Rick. No, yeah. Um, I I think it kind of went as we expected it. You know, um, we kind of felt like Plant early might might pick up a couple rounds just because Canelo is a slow starter. Yeah. But uh, he would start to wear him down after that. Which is pretty much what happened, right? Again, we'll talk about it more the technical aspect of it, you know, what Caleb Plant did to kind of prolong the inevitable, which mm-hmm. was, you know, finally getting knocked out in the 11th round, had really no chance of winning with the style that that he that he tried tact, uh, tactically, but it wasn't a bad idea, right? Yeah. It wasn't a bad idea. I think it's one of the, you know, few um, opportunities he had was to kind of fight that peekaboo shoulder roll style, Rick. Yeah, no, it... it um... Just wasn't enough offense. You know, yeah, he, he had a good defensive plan. Just wasn't enough offense, and um, you know he's backpedaling the whole night. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. But we'll talk about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, go into details, of course, and then talk about you know what happens next. What happens next for both fighters, really? Right. Yeah. Um, ideally, what happens next, and then you know realistically, probably what's going to happen based on all of the contracts and promoters, etc. Um, big week coming up, Rick. We got the big fights that we're going to be attending. Gabe Rosado against Jaime Munguia yeah. at the Honda Center in Anaheim. Definitely looking forward to that, Rick. No, yeah, big fight. You know, you've got Mexico versus Puerto Rico. Um, yep. You know, and anytime, you know, we've got local fights like this, you know, it's good. Yep. No, that's exactly right. Um, and again, it's very intriguing, right? We talked about that. You know, they last, they both fought, right? It's been 147 days. Mm-hmm. Um, they both fought on the same card in Texas. Yep. That's when uh, Gabe Rosado basically gave himself and put himself in this position by beating uh, Bechtemir the bully, right? Yeah. With that devastating knockout when Bechtemir just threw that really wild uh, left that Rosado countered. And so, you know, the question is, right? Um, I don't think it's too much too soon. You know, uh, Munguia, 37-0, and 0, mm-hmm. right? Of course, not exactly a who's who on the fighters that he's beaten. Yeah. But I think it is time for him to step up. And I think Gabriel Sato presents um, a good test. Yeah. No, no, I, I definitely think um, this will be a good test. If, if he gets past this one, then you can start talking about, okay, now maybe in a year or so, maybe get a Canelo fight. Yeah. You know, but if he doesn't, you know, if he has a setback here, you know, it, it it's not looking good. Looking yeah, good. yeah, and we'll we'll you know we'll break this fight down as well. Give you the tail of the tape. Give you everything mm-hmm. um, that both fighters have coming into this fight because it's really been kind of like a resurgent Gabe Rosado. Yeah, right over the last couple of fights, um, you know, knocking out Bechtemir, um, fighting, lost the decision to Daniel Jacobs again. I didn't think he beat Jacobs. Okay, mm-hmm. he just didn't land enough punches. Um, but you know, I, I would have been okay with the draw in that fight, but I certainly don't think he beat him regardless. Okay. He made it an interesting fight and nobody thought Rick that he was going to put up any sort of challenge against the miracle man, mm-hmm. Jacobs. And he did. No. Yeah. Um, he's looked good. I think, I think Freddie Roach, um, has done a good job with him as of late. And, um, you know, this is a big fight for him too. You know, if he wins this one, you know, who knows, you know, who who may fight him next. Well, he's right there. That's the yeah. thing. He beats Munguia. He puts himself right there. They're yeah. fighting at 168, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, that's where the, you know, Canelo and Plant fight just took place. Yeah. A lot of guys there, Rick. You still got David Benavides floating around. You mm-hmm. got, you know, Anthony Durrell, who, by the way, after Durrell's win, Durrell is saying, next fight is Canelo or he's retiring, right? Yeah. Of course, this is the same guy that got you know knocked out by David Benavides and by Jose uh, Uzcategui. Mm-hmm. So not sure you know why he's clamoring for a fight, yeah. other than of course 
an opportunity to fight, you know, the face of boxing, right? Yeah. And Canelo Alvarez. Um, speaking of Canelo Alvarez, Rick, so we are in round eight, mm -hmm. and we always bring up a fight that resonates with us in round eight, and we're going to stick with Canelo Alvarez, Rick, who previous to him beating Kayla Plant, uh, beat Billy Joe Saunders, Rick, in round eight yeah. of their big clash, and that's where um, he essentially broke his orbital bone, right, mm -hmm. around the eye, um, probably may have ended Billy Joe Saunders' career, Rick. Yeah, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it's still up in the air if he's coming back or not. Um, um, I've, lately, I think I've been hearing that uh, he might come back, but it has to be for a big fight. He's not coming back for, you know, I don't know what that means. Yeah. You know, it you know, means probably um, if Canelo starts vacating titles, maybe yeah. he'll fight right. at that point. But, right. um Really big weekend uh, for, for Cinco de Mayo uh, this year. Yeah. And, um, you know, big fight for Canelo. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a big fight. I mean, to me, right, this was the one guy, the one opponent that I thought, right, mm -hmm. I didn't say he could beat Canelo. I said that he was the one opponent who had the opportunity to kind of disrupt what Canelo likes to do. Because, again, Canelo, right, historically has had, you know, most of the issues have been against yeah. those type of fighters. Mayweather... There is Landy Lara and Austin, no doubt, Trout, right? And you, you had a tall lefty here, you know, always, always tough. Right, and but he wasn't able to do that, right? Mm -hmm. He wasn't. He, I mean, he had his moments. He had his moments in that fight. He did right what Caleb Plant did not do, which was square up to Canelo, yeah. right, and and engage him, and it allowed the Canelo to to use his full arsenal, right, mm -hmm. which obviously didn't pound out for him. I'll tell you what, Rick, too. Um, you know, think speaking about on Canelo Alvarez, right? So I've read a whole bunch of boxing books over the last year, okay? I've read books, amazing stories, by the way. I've read the Wilfredo Gomez, Roberto Duran, Alexis Arguello, Camacho, Sonny Liston, Ali, Joe Frazier, Rocky Marciano, and I just finished the Joe Lewis book mm -hmm. yesterday, Rick, okay? And these fighters all have a lot of things in common. They okay, Predominantly, they all come from a really bad social economic background, right, where fighting and boxing was essentially their way out, right? Yeah. And, and most of them, right, save maybe for Ali, um, pretty much all of these guys, Rick, as great as they were, once they reached that championship level and, you know, had had the straps and made the money, um, out went their discipline, Rick. Yeah. And I'm talking all of them, including, you know, my guy, Alexis Arguello, okay? Um, you know, whether it was the, you know, the drugs, the alcohol, the women, all of the, you know, everything. Um, and, and they just lose that discipline, right? Yeah. Um, you could say the same thing about, you know, who's Cesar Chavez, right? Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. And that's the one thing, by the way, I think that separates Canelo from these guys, Rick, is that this guy, right, has already solidified himself as pound for pound. I'm not talking about now. I'm talking from a couple of years ago. Yeah. And yet he continues to stay disciplined, Rick, in his craft. No, I, I think it's a good testament to him, you know, his um, the people he surrounds himself with. Um, I think also, too, you know, it probably helped. Yeah. You know, it's as bad as it sounds, having Oscar De La Hoya yeah. as his promoter, he was able to see <laughs> right. exactly you know what could happen right. if you're not disciplined. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure that uh, De La Hoya had those conversations with him as well. Yeah, and he's one of the first um, uh, uh, people around Canelo that I actually heard say that. Right, this was several years ago. They were asking De La Hoya, you know, what's what's so special about Canelo? Yeah. Right, what separates him? And he said, he goes, one of the things that separates him, he goes, he's not like us, uh, De La Hoya said, or like me. He goes, mm -hmm. he doesn't party, yeah. he doesn't drink, he doesn't, you know, um, he stays, right? Kind of like, honestly, like a Marvin Hagler, yeah. right? Marvin Hagler's, again, I think we say this quote on almost every podcast, right? It's hard to get up at 5 a.m. and do your road work when you're sleeping in silk pajamas. Yeah. And De La Hoya commended him for that. He said, that's what makes this guy different. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm telling you, all these guys that I mentioned, whether it was Bazooka Gomez, Roberto Duran, Camacho, Sonny Liston, when they all got even Rock now, Rocky Marciano, you should say, well, wait a minute, Al, he he retired at 49 and 0. He did right, but he did so right at that point, right, yeah. where toward the end of his career, he was not as disciplined. He was not into his eight, eight week training camps, right, and so he decided to call it a career smartly. But all the rest of the guys, yeah. they all fell to that man. No, yeah, and I, I think, you know, 
now he he puts out that persona as a as a family man. Yeah, he's he's married now, so it looks like, um, you know, I think also that helps. No, it, it keeps yeah. him grounded, right? It keep, although I, although I'll tell you, most of the guys that I named, they were married too, right? Yeah, well, they, you they know, had, they had families as well. Yeah. Didn't, it didn't seem to help them, and that's what I'm saying, right? That's what that's what makes this guy special. I was watching the all access, you know, leading into the fight, and they're showing him, you know, really getting into golfing, right, mm-hmm. and focusing on that, right. By the way, uh, the great Joe Lewis was a big uh, golfer as well. By okay. the way, yeah, when he wasn't boxing or he wasn't training, Joe Lewis was on the golf course or on mm-hmm. the golf range, big, big time. Um, anyways, all right. So here's what here's what we got today. We're gonna break down the Caleb Plant Canelo fight. Yeah. A lot to talk about, right? Um, more insights than what we just uh, touched on here in the opening segment. We got uh, boxing news, and of course, we got the big fights coming up this yeah. weekend. Uh, 168 pound David Benavides, David Benavides in action as well, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Um, not against who we thought it was going to be against. No, it's a, it's a replacement. Um, it's Chiron. I get the name Davis, for you. I think. Yeah. But uh, but okay. So the 168 pounders, right, are continuing to be in action here mm-hmm. two two weeks in a row. So a lot to cover, and then of course we got the the great stat of the week. Yeah. Pacific Coast boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast boxing. Alfonso Ruiz. Rick Prado are back. By the way, I mean that's uh, that's what separates us too, Rick. You know, we've gotten to the top. Yeah. In our chosen fields, but we just continue. We maintain the discipline, man. Yeah. You know. So you know. Stay humble and you that's know, right. Just keep grinding. That's right. You know, another fighter, by the way, that uh, that couldn't maintain was a uh, Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Right. But driving around in a Lamborghini, mm-hmm. you know, with the license plate Southpaw, right? Yeah. The robot in the house. Remember all that? Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up that robot, uh-huh. you know, because uh, Sylvester Stallone is releasing yeah. the director's cut yeah. of uh, Rocky IV, uh-huh. you know, retitled, you know, That's uh, what Drago, right? Balboa versus Drago. Yeah. And the robot, yeah. for some reason, has been taken out of the movie. Oh, no yeah. kidding? That's interesting. Yeah. The robot's out. I wonder why. Uh, I, That's interesting. I, I'm assuming it was the creepy innuendos between the robot and and, and Polly. Polly, yeah, because yeah. that was Polly's robot too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! But anyways, yeah. he lost the eye of the tiger. Yeah. Right. He lost the eye of the tiger um, in Rocky Three, mm-hmm. and he had to get it back when Apollo back. Creed kind of took him back to the gyms uh, in Philly, mm-hmm. the home of Gabe Rosado, Rick. Actually, no, no, no. Uh, He took him to L.A. Oh, he took him to L.A. That's right. That's right. He took him to L.A. Which I've never seen that part of L.A. Yeah, I know. I know. uh, That's right, because that's when they had that um, the infamous race on the beach, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It wasn't until he beat Apollo in in that hundred or whatever yard dash. Yeah. That's when he was ready, right? Yeah, and you know, fully knowing too that the person closer to the water has the the advantage because the, the sand is a little bit harder. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But still, you yeah. could see the more they raced, that Rocky had just had more into it. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I'm saying, right? So all these guys, Arguello, Balboa, Camacho, Duran, Liston, Marciano, Lewis, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get to the top and the peak. They start making money and they lose discipline, man. Yeah. It's just what happens. All right. Um, Canelo Plant. Canelo, somebody who does not lose discipline regardless of um, what he's reached and everything he's accomplished, which is really amazing. So here's the thing, Rick. Okay, so you know if you look at what the judges had, right? They really yeah. only had, there was really only two rounds, okay, that the judges gave unanimously to Caleb Plant. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was round one. All three judges had it in favor of Caleb Plant, and then round nine. Okay, okay. besides those two rounds, there wasn't another round that Caleb Plant won, as far as unanimously, like two out of the three judges. Yeah, if that makes sense, right? Um, I mean, so one judge had him the closest, right, was uh, Patricia Morris 
Jarman that had it um, six to four mm-hmm. to Canelo, right? So basically had him up by two rounds. And then the other judges had Canelo up by four rounds and Canelo up by six rounds. So Canelo was winning, okay? Yeah. Canelo was dominating. I think when we say, you know, Canelo's a slow starter, I don't know if it's that he's a slow starter, Rick, but he's just very methodical uh-huh. as to how he goes about breaking a fighter down, right? Um, it was interesting watching this fight because you could tell there was almost like some 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 consternation mm-hmm. at the MGM Grand Arena with all the fans, Rick, right? Yeah. I think it was because they could they thought that Canelo was going to dominate much earlier. Uh-huh. Did, did, you know what I'm saying? But but that's not really his style. You right. Know, he's right. more of a, a wear the guy down. Um, yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of, you know, and, and I'm looking back now, but you can't really remember yeah. a first round knockout from Canelo. You know, a second round knockout from Canelo. Yeah. He's had a, f- a few third round knockouts, but it's usually the wear him down. It's not the one punch power. Right. Um, probably his most brutal knockout was the James Kirkland one. Right. But, right. Um, you know, ne- since then, everybody's kind of knocked out James Kirkland. But, yeah, that's right. Um, well, he, he throttled Elidrum in round yeah. three. Yeah. Remember, he came out aggressive against Elidrum, mm-hmm. and Elidrum didn't offer much. Rocky Fielding, he knocked yeah. him out in round three. Yeah. Um, but to your point, besides those, everybody else was beyond, you know, yeah, Kirkland was yeah. round three as well, but everybody else was, was beyond that. Amir Khan, round six. Yeah, yeah, and you know, but it, but it was one of those where I think Amir Khan, you know, I had Amir Khan up yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah, he was, and then yeah, you know, he, he was. got caught with with, with that punch. Right, uh, but he does a good job of wearing people down to the body, um, and that's kind of what happened to Plant. You know, he just yeah. he he ran out of gas, and I think it was just the punches to the body and just the constant pressure. Yeah. Canelo puts on him and, and just warm down. See, and I think with Canelo, by the way, even the punches that don't land cleanly mm-hmm. in what would be considered like scoring, in other words, like clean punches to the midsection, clean punches to the liver, clean punches to the face. Yeah. Even the punches that don't land in those areas that are landing on the arms, the shoulders, those also hurt. Yeah. Look what he did to Smith, mm-hmm. right? Was it? I mean, it was like his his arm. It looks like the size of a of a of a softball, right? Yeah. So even the ones that don't land, quote unquote, are still doing damage, right? And that's really what happened here with Caleb Plant. Now the reason why, again, the reason why I told you I think there was some consternation among the fans, mm-hmm. right? Some anxiety and fear is. I think they expected Canelo to be dominating early on. And yeah. Caleb Plant, again, right? So he he was using the shoulder roll, never square up mm-hmm. to your opponent, right? So it's a very defensive posture, yeah. right? right? Unfortunately, right, It yes, it does, um, it does stymie or limit the opponent's uh, full arsenal, right? So in this case, it, uh, it really nullified Canelo's uh, left uh, uppercut. Yeah. Right? How do you land a left uppercut? Certainly a right uppercut, right? If you try to throw a right uppercut, he's going to hit him in the left uh, bicep, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? However, what it also does, it limits your ability to throw a right hand of, of any meaning or significance, yeah. Rick. Think about it. How can you, right? Yeah. All you can do is throw a jab, and you you know you can't throw a right across your body. Mm-hmm. You have to square up in order to do that. But if you square up, well, good luck, right? Yeah. Now you're susceptible to Canelo's full arsenal. So that's what Plant was able to do. Yeah. That's why it took so long, right? Because yeah. it's, you know, I, and I think he found out that I picked him getting knocked out in the eighth and he wanted to prove me wrong. Yeah. So he was able to last a few rounds after that. You know what, though, right? Um, I think there's something to that. Yeah. Not necessarily yours, although I wouldn't yeah. doubt. I wouldn't doubt yeah. that that he listened and, and said, "Hey, lock of the week's got me going down an eight. Yeah. But Canelo had him out, right? Canelo yeah. had mentioned that he wasn't going to go beyond eight rounds, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that played into it too. I think that yeah. played into it. They said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to last, be, you know, over eight. Um, interesting because so many things, right? So the momentum started turning. I think about the, you know, I think after the first round, but after the fifth or sixth round, right? Yeah. You can kind of tell that it, the end was inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. What was interesting, I said earlier, all of the judges gave round nine to Caleb Plant. Yeah. And the only reason they gave him that is that he landed a few kind of pity pat punches, right? Mm-hmm. One of them landed. And that's the one where, if you remember, Canelo kind of took a deep breath and rolled his eyes, right? Yeah. 
And it wasn't that it didn't hurt him. He was just upset and frustrated with himself. And and they, they were having a discussion yeah. in, nine, in, round, in round nine. They yeah. were actually having a conversation yeah. with each other. And Caleb Plant was asking him, yeah. um, you know, do you think I'm good now? Yeah. You know, and then, you know, Canelo was responding back. Yeah, that yeah. he thought he was good. And yeah. so there was the, there was a good, uh, you know, five or six uh, things said back and forth between the two yeah. during the round. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a matter of time. Yeah, it was a matter of time. And now that, that's the round, if you recall, right? That's when uh, Caleb Plant raised his arms, right? Mm-hmm. It was almost as much to say, look at that, right? I yeah. made it to round nine, you bastards, yeah. right? I made it to round nine. Everybody thought I would be knocked out by now, mm-hmm. right? And I probably even did enough to win that round. Mm-hmm. That that basically was what he was saying. Like, geez, like this was pretty good, right? Um, but again, it was just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have. See, the thing is, right? Uh, that was that's kind of what May, Mayweather's um, tactics, right? Yeah. Is rolling the shoulders. But of course, Mayweather had a lot more boxing skills, and he's faster and quicker. So yeah. he was not only able to roll his shoulders, but then he would square up and mm-hmm. land clean punches on Canelo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Caleb Plant couldn't do that. He, you know, Canelo even did his exhibition where he let you know Caleb Plant throw, and it, you know he missed them like five or six times. Mm-hmm. Right, the classic. That'll be a video that you're going to see forever now. Yeah. So it's, it, it was it was a matter of time, and then he finally landed the left, and he finally finished him. Yeah. I think that again, we talked last week, Rick, that we said Caleb Plant had to use his jab, which he did, mm-hmm. right? But then as he got tired, right, and he was getting hit a lot, he couldn't use it as much. I felt that if Caleb Plant, I thought it was a good idea doing the you know the shoulder roll, but he should have moved more. Yeah. He should have moved more, Rick. He should have engaged him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You could see how we won the ninth round by just a quick little, you know, a couple little shoe shines, right? Yeah. Not what Ray Leonard did against Hagler. You know, Ray Leonard actually stood in there and fought <laughs> against Hagler. Yeah, anybody, Goyo, if you're listening to this, watch the fight again, yeah. and you'll see what I mean, especially round nine. Yeah. But in this particular fight, um, Plant had to have squared up, right? Mm-hmm. Landed a few more meaningful punches, and then moved around. Yeah, it, Plant just never got to the point where he got Canelo to respect his power, mm-hmm. you know. And I, and I think you know we'll, we'll talk about you know potential fights down the road. Yeah, but Plant's never been known by as a as a heavy, big puncher, right? You know, knockout artist, right? And you've got to have Canelo has to respect your power so he doesn't just keep coming forward. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so let's let's talk about. What's next, Rick? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that, right? Because again, I think Plant did as good as he could. Yeah. Right. Given the circumstances, right? I think Plant did the best he could. He made it last until eleven rounds. He almost made it. In, it would have been honestly, right? For him, it would have been a victory to make it uh, to twelve rounds. Right? Yeah. That would have. That would have been a huge accomplishment because mm-hmm. nobody thought he was going to make it through twelve. Yeah. Most people didn't even think he was going to make it to eleven. Right. You had it out at. You had it at eight. Correct. Yeah, eight. Yeah. I said seven or nine. Most anybody I talked to said, yeah, it's not going to go 10. Mm-hmm. So he already exceeded expectations, you know. Um, that being said, Rick, let's talk about Caleb Plant, right? Um, it is what it is. Ganelo was the first A opponent he's fought. In. Yeah. Now, Ganelo's like an A-plus opponent, mm-hmm. right? But it really is. That That's his first big fighter that you could say legitimate, okay? And I don't want to take it too far either, right? Caleb Plant, uh, you know, afterwards was saying, I proved that I belong, I— I don't know yeah. if he proved he belonged yet, okay? He fought a peekaboo style, not engaging a whole lot, extremely defensive, and he got knocked out. Yeah. To me, that doesn't tell me that you belong with the greats at 168. No. It doesn't, right? He's got to beat somebody. Yeah. That's, that's a legitimate fighter at 168, not these B and C fighters, okay? Mm-hmm. As much as I, by the way, I like Caleb Plant and I respect him. I told you last week, I, he wasn't going to be impacted by the moment and the bright lights and whatnot. He's been through too much personal drama for that. But that being said, okay, no, I don't think he's one of the elite yet. No. You got to be like a Terrence Crawford, mm-hmm. right? So so who so who does he fight, right? Who's available at 168, Rick? Yeah, um, I'm looking at some of the names, you know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, because Anthony Durrell was talking about getting Canelo, but maybe, yeah. you know, he's not going to get Canelo. No. You know, maybe Durrell... And um, plant, yeah, you know, um, maybe uh, if you can get Billy Joe Saunders to fight, yeah, yep. Billy Joe Saunders and plant, yeah, uh, Daniel Jacobs is there, yep. Um, I, I with, with this loss, I don't yeah. think he gets a David Benavides, you know, I don't, yeah. you know, I think, um, but you've got to get those guys that, um, 
have lost recently yeah. and are trying to be the next in line. Yeah. No, I agree. Guys. And 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 you named the you named a lot of them. Yeah. David Lemieux still hanging around mm-hmm. there. I think I mean, you know, um he's not who he used to be. Yeah. But I still think that, you know, he's still listed in the top 10 in several of the organizations, Rick. So try David Lemieux. I love Daniel Miracleman Jacobs. Yeah. Now Jacobs supposedly was moving up to um light heavyweight last we heard, right? Oh yeah, that uh, he did say that. Yeah, but still, right? Still, I think you can get him to fight at 168. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really good matchup, right? Yeah. So you got to have one of these guys. If Caleb Plant is going to be considered to be, you know, one of the best at 168, he's mm-hmm. got to beat somebody. Yeah. Besides a B and a C fighter, Rick. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, there's John Ryder, maybe you mm-hmm. know. Gabe Rosado, of course, is going to fight Jaime Munguia. I mean, there's a good one, right? Yeah. The know. winner of Rosado and Munguia fight Caleb Plant. Mm-hmm. It'd be a hell of a fight. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's that's pretty much the deal. So, from Canelo's perspective, Rick, so he's already said it. He's not going to fight until next May. Next May. Right? Which is fine, by the way. I mean, mm-hmm. here's the pound-for-pound, pound, you know, best fighter in the world. Who fought three times this year. Right. Yeah. Right. We get to see him three times. Yeah. That was one of the issues he had with Ryan Garcia, by the way. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he was saying, Canelo was saying when he was up and coming, he was fighting three to five times a year. Yeah. And that's what you've got to do. So, I mean, the, 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 the two opponents, Rick, that, that everybody, you know, throws out there is Benavides and, um, and Charlo. Yeah. Which would make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Right, because again, there's no other champions now at 168. Right, he's, he yeah. he he is the guy, um, and that's going to be interesting, by the way, Rick, to see which organization is going to press him for the mandatory. Yeah, because you, you look at the uh, mandatories, and well, I think in the WBC it's Benavides. Right, uh, but then um, you know I don't know who Ados Yerbasnuli. That's is. right. Nobody knows who that is. Nope. And Zach Parker. Right. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. So that's no, exactly, nobody's looking yeah. forward to those fights. No, that's why it, it almost has to be Benavides. Mm-hmm. And I think Canelo is going to want to fight him simply because of all the talk, right? Yeah. That people say, geez, if there's one guy that has a chance of beating mm-hmm. Canelo, it's Benavides. Yeah. He's tall. He's got youth. He's got power. And by the way, Rick, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm going to tell you why, right? And and is that Benavides doesn't have the hand speed mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the defense to put up with Canelo. He just doesn't. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't think um, a lot of people think he'd win that fight. I just, uh, for me, I think he has a little bit more power yeah. than, a, than a Caleb Plant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he might get, he might hit Canelo to where Canelo respects his power a little bit. Yeah. But I, Canelo's still the best fighter in the world. At 168, I don't think there's anybody there that can beat him. Yeah. You know, I think if we start moving up to 175, which I really don't want to see him do. Yeah. But I think some guys can probably beat him there just because they'd be too big. Yeah, and I don't, you know, yeah. we've talked about this before. There's no reason to do that. Yeah. Not, I mean, again, Rick, he's all of like five, five eight. seven right. and a half. Yeah, yeah, unless he's wearing the Canelos, right? Yeah. But he doesn't but, wear them in the fights. No, he no, does only, not. He's not allowed to. Yeah. Even a big, rugged guy like Joe Smith, mm-hmm. okay, is too big for too him big. and too strong for him, right? What's the point? Yeah, you mm-hmm. imagine Beterbiev, uh, Bivol. There's, there's, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I tell you, well, the one guy that he could beat at 175 is Gilberto Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, there's a good chance. And, and that would probably make the most money out of all the guys yeah, and, yeah. without being a champion. Yeah, that one that one would work. That's mm-hmm. the one that De La Hoya is going to is uh, guiding to the 50 and 0 record. Yeah. Right? Um but yeah, other than that, right? Other than that, um it's those two guys, right? Mm-hmm. And and those would be the best fights by the way. The 160 pounds Charlo it's time. If yeah. this is what he wants to do, then move up to 168. See, I think Rick and I've said this before. I think that is the fighter who has the chance of giving Canelo the biggest problems. The 160-pound yeah, Charlo. He, he has the athleticism. I, I, I'm not too sure about the punching power, but good athlete, fast. Um, he he would uh, have some. Uh, he'd give Canelo problems, but I think Canelo catches him. At he some point. he he could give Canelo problems, Rick, yeah. like you said, because of the speed, the athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the guy, I think, that gives Canelo the best fight. Even, Rick, can possibly upset him. That's what I think. He's that good, and I think he would be that motivated. 
to uh, to fight Canelo. Benavides again, I don't see it. Benavides' biggest advantage: two mm-hmm. things: youth and size. Uh-huh. But I think Canelo figures him out and even and takes him out. Okay, uh, remember Benavides struggled against uh, Ronald Gavriel. Yeah, right before now he did beat Gavriel badly in the rematch. But um, and I like Benavides, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't see it. I think Charlo. Yeah. So I would love to see you know the two Mexicans uh, on May fifth. Yeah. And then the second fight is against Charlo. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the, um, I, I like the Benavides fight just a little bit more than the Charlo fight, but yeah, yeah that's just uh preference. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I'd like them both, but yeah. I'm saying as far as which one has uh-huh. the best chance to beat him and unseat him, it's Charlo. Yeah. It's the only guy, in my opinion, that's the yeah. only guy around today that has an opportunity, right? Especially based on, you know, look mm-hmm. at what, you know, even though obviously we t- just talked about it and he lost, look what Caleb Plant did. He still won two rounds. Yeah. Fighting, you know, peekaboo, totally defensive style. A guy like Charlo can win five, six rounds easy. Yeah. Right? As long as he's able to hang in there. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, Rick. Hell of a fight. Yeah. Right? Very entertaining. Um, it pretty much went by the script. It just, you know, went a little bit longer. Right? Than I think a lot of people thought, but regardless, it still went according to script. Ganella wore him down, knocked him out in the eleventh round. Plant was never really in the fight. It wasn't a competitive fight. Yeah. Only two rounds unanimously to Caleb Plant, one and nine. What else are you gonna say? Yeah, no, no. Um, great performance by Canelo, and um, you know, not only the pound for pound best right now, but um, you know, the the best in a long time. Yeah, that's right. That's which again, which was interesting when I told you the Ring magazine, which had you know the top five in every weight division. Yeah, and he doesn't make any. Mm-hmm. And you got uh, you know who did I tell you William Joppy? Yeah, at number four at the 154 pound division, right? Joppy yeah. would beat Canelo. I don't. I don't think so. No Felix Trinidad. Yeah. No. That right there, you know, no Felix Trinidad, Rick. Did just the whole thing is, yeah, is questionable. Well, you know, that's that, that's that De La Hoya bias. He he. Trinidad was in there, but he had them remove it. Well, then he removed himself yeah. too, Rick. Remember, because he, he he wasn't in there as well either, man. Yeah. All right, folks, good stuff. We got the boxing news. We got the fight with Mongia and Rosado that we still got to break down. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prada are back. Wow. Again, Rick, the uh, the fight still delivered, uh-huh. right? Very good fight. Um, but we still got some competitive, we still got some interesting fights coming up, Rick, yeah. for the rest of the year. One of them we're going to break down here in a bit. But let's talk about other fights that took place, Rick, and then we'll get into the Rosado-Munguia fight. Yeah. So um, also on the uh, Canelo card, uh, Anthony Durrell had an impressive uh, first-round knockout over Marcos Hernandez. Yeah. Um, Ray Vargas yeah. improved to uh, 34 and 0. Yeah, and beat uh, Leonardo, Leonardo Baez. Mm-hmm. Um, on a separate card on Friday, it was uh, a top ranked card. It was uh, Michaela Mayer. She got a unanimous decision over uh, Myra Hamadouche, and she won the junior lightweight um, IBF title from her. And she already had the WBO, so it was a unification bout. Um, this fight was actually a lot closer than the judges had it. Um, one of them had it a clean sweep for Mayer, yeah. but there was a lot of back and forth action. Everyone felt Mayer won, just yeah. not by that much. Right, yeah. right. But, you know, it's her, uh, home promotion, right? Uh-huh. And that's kind of the way it goes, you know, but good for her. Yeah. Right. She's in line for, uh, for a big fight. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll have to cover that. The, um... The Anthony Durrell, by the way, uh-huh. like I said earlier, you know, um, you know, somehow, somehow he comes out and, and feels that he should be next in line for Canelo. If not, he says there's nothing to fight for, so he may as well retire. Yeah, which I think is is interesting. Right? Yeah, no, he shouldn't be in line for the uh, Canelo fight, but he he was uh, jumping around the ring like like he had just won the World Series. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I mean, again, right? Here's a guy who, again, he got knocked out badly mm-hmm. by Benavidez, knocked out by Uzcategi. Yeah, right. But but that would be a good guy, like you mentioned earlier. That would be a good guy to fight Caleb Plant. Yeah, don't you think? And and just see, you know, who, 
you know, the winner right. puts himself in line for, you know, if Canelo vacates, you know, title yep. shot. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He's going to have to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then uh, coming up this weekend, you know, we'll, we'll start with uh, the DAZN card. Yeah. Sheffield, England. Yeah. Um, King Galahad. Yeah. Or Kid Galahad. Yeah. Versus Kiko Martinez for mm-hmm. the IBF featherweight title. Okay. Um, that's the big fight on that card, but um, there's three cards this weekend. Um, the other one from Phoenix, Arizona, Showtime card, David Benavides, Kyron Davis. Yeah. Um, also Benavides' brother, Jose Benavides, yeah. is on the on the undercard. Yeah. And then the fights that we're going to, you know, we've got uh, Jaime Munguia yep. versus uh, Gabriel Rosado. Yep. By the way, um, David Benavides, our guy uh, Raul Lizarraga, uh-huh. um, sparring with him, Rick. Yeah. And uh, in, in preparation for that, which is kind of cool. No, yeah, it. Uh, you know, he's been posting, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool seeing him fight. You know. These named guys. Yeah, no, it really is. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Can't wait to catch up to them and uh, mm-hmm. get the behind the scenes. You Ask know? him how it went. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, we got to reach out to Lacero. Lacero hasn't fought in a while. Yeah. He's got to be due for a fight coming up, right? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, hopefully we haven't um, we haven't missed that. Um, so Munguia versus Rosado, Rick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to be at that fight. Um, we'll be putting stuff out on Instagram. Hopefully, uh, we missed a couple people last time, Rick. When I was out there, I posted. I missed. There was a couple people that were there. Yeah. And um, and I and I missed it. Must have been walking back and forth from that big hall uh-huh. at the San Diego Sports Arena there. You know. Yeah. Well, it's tough to get around. You know. It, that, yeah. Uh... Yeah. So um, so okay. So here we go, Rick. You know, Munguia. Rosado, Rosado, the veteran. Uh, Jaime Munguia, 25 years old. Gabriel Rosado, 35. There's mm-hmm. the first big difference, yeah. okay? Uh, Munguia, eight years fighting. Uh, Gabriel Rosado, 15. They're both about six feet, so let's call that even. Both of them right-handed, orthodox fighters. Munguia, 37-0, and 30 knockouts. Uh, Gabriel Rosado, 26-13-1 with mm-hmm. 15 knockouts. Um, both of them, of course, uh, have not fought in 147 days. They both fought on the same card yeah. in Texas that we were talking about earlier. Um, Rosado, of course, coming off the devastating knockout against Bektemir, the bully. That's how he put himself in position for this fight. This is really Jaime Munguia's first step-up fight, Rick, yeah. against what I would call to be a credible opponent. Right? Yeah. We talked earlier about Rosado has almost remade himself, right? It's like Rosado 2.0 um, mm-hmm. in, you know, under Freddie Roach, right? Freddie Roach has him fighting really a more tactical strategy, right? Not the all-out brawl, I think, that a lot of people are used to seeing Rosado yeah. in. And it's obviously working, okay? Um, Rosado, right, as far as a resume goes, he's fought a who's who, right? Yeah. Hasn't beaten any of the who's who's no okay which was why beating uh you know bectomir was such a big fight right so he's you know fought and lost to daniel jacobs uh majed sulecki uh martin murray william monroe jr these are the fighters that he lost to rick yeah. david lemieux jermal charlo peter quillen triple g triple g yeah. that's right so i mean that's a, a who's who right mm-hmm. he lost to angulo i thought he came back and beat angulo but lost to Angulo, he lost to Derek Inez, lost to Fernando. So, I mean, a lot of his losses, right, are to are the world champions, right? Yeah. So he's not losing to uh, to just anybody. Kind of a, a Rocky-ish type record. You know, he's, he's 26 and yeah. 13. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's the thing, right? Fighting out of the city of brotherly love, mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Lives in L.A., by the way, now has his own boxing gym. Uh, I think somewhere near downtown L.A., right? Okay. All around good dude, right? So it was kind of good to see a guy like this. Started late in boxing, Gabe Rosado did, mm-hmm. right? Um, one of those things where he believed in himself, nobody did, he continues. So good story, right? Yeah. Um, but now he's fighting the young lion, Rick, and uh and Jaime Munguia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Munguia, again, I mean, he he's beaten uh, you know, Gary uh or Spike O'Sullivan, mm-hmm. right? Knocked him out in round eleven, seemingly knocks out. I mean, he's got a what, eighty one percent knockout yeah. percentage, Rick. So seemingly, you know, knocks out everybody. Um not as impressive a resume as no. Rosado. Right, so he's got Gary O'Sullivan. Um, he fought one of the Smith brothers, if I'm not mistaken, Liam Smith. 
mm-hmm. right? He fought Liam Smith, and Liam Smith was beefy, actually— right? What's that? Is Liam Beefy Smith? Yes, yes. And and Smith was actually outboxing him, mm-hmm. right? He was actually outboxing him the first couple of rounds, but then he was just he was just too small, right? Just couldn't put up with him, and then um, he ended up. It was a unanimous decision. Um, of course, he he won the WBO super welterweight title against uh, Saddam Ali. Yeah, who um, I think you know who Saddam Ali beat to to put him into retirement. Yeah, right? well, yeah. he he had a torn bicep. He was basically fighting one armed. Yeah. And um, yeah, know. we're talking, of course, about Miguel Cotto. Yeah, in case folks don't remember, but yeah, Ali kind of sent him into retirement. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, Rick, it's going to be an interesting fight. Okay, uh, Mungia, I would not say boxer puncher. I would say puncher. Yeah, is his style right? Yeah. Certainly not a finesse guy. He goes in there to knock you out. Rosado is now more tactical. How do you see this fight playing out, Rick? Um, I, I see the um, the youth of. Uh, of Mungia kind of kind of being what's going to help him in yeah. this fight. Yeah. Um he's got the punching power but I th- but I think the punching power is still kind of uh you know Rosado's a tough guy. You know, he's yeah. been, he hasn't been knocked out since 2014. Yeah. And now that he's with Freddie Roach, you know, he, he's a little bit uh tougher to hit. Right. Smarter boxer. Yep. Um you know this this is going to be a tough fight. I think yeah. this is going to come down um I kind of have it going to a decision. Yeah. Real close decision. Yeah. Could be a controversial decision. Yeah. But I think Mungia pulls it out. Yeah. Well, you know, right, unfortunately, that if it's a close decision, uh, yeah, yeah Mungia probably gets the uh-huh. nod, right? Because yeah. that's the cash cow, right? And this is a Golden Boy card, right? Yeah. So I agree with you. If it goes to a decision, look for look for Mungia to get the nod, right? Yeah. Um, Rosado is going to have to be a lot busier than he was in the Daniel Jacobs fight, Rick. Yeah. Okay. Great fight against Daniel Jacobs, right? Wasn't a firefight. Mm-hmm. Didn't leave himself open, right? Boxed beautifully. He just <laughs> didn't throw enough punches, yeah. which is kind of odd to say about Gabe Rosado, mm-hmm. right? Somebody that you think would just be, you know, a phone booth type of war, a firefight by default. Wasn't that way. So I don't count, and I know you don't count Rosado out either, right? Which is no. why you're saying it's going to be a close fight. Yeah. I'm thinking around the same thing, Rick. I think that it's ultimately going to be Mongia's youth, right, mm-hmm. that is going to allow him to get over Rosado. He's going to be the busier fighter. He's probably going to land the bigger punches. Here's the thing, though, right, the the, the things that doesn't work well for Mongia, Rosado can box, yeah. and he's gotten better with Roach, right? So could he frustrate Munguia, right, mm-hmm. to a point where Munguia is going to start just flailing away, right? Yeah. And yeah. and we've already seen what can happen when you got a wild fighter mm-hmm. like Bektamir and what Rosado did to him, yeah, right? Or is Rosado going to make it, which what I thought his mistake was against Jacobs, an overly tactical kind of scientific match, mm-hmm. right? Where it's too much, you know, defense and punch where you can. And I, I don't think, I think Rosado has to open up more of this fight. Yeah. No, I, I, but I think he, I, I think the more he does that, the more he leaves himself open and he could get himself knocked out. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Rosado cuts a lot. I think a lot of his fights were, were stopped, stopped on cuts. Yeah. So it could be something where. But that was early on, Rick. You yeah. Know, he, he, he even makes mention of that, right? Yeah. He says, you know, he says, I haven't cut in like, it's been several yeah. years. Since he's been cut. But I think it's because that's what we're used to seeing. Yeah. Right? We're used to seeing him with all that blood. Mm-hmm. So in his defense, it's been several years. Yeah. Because you didn't see him bleed against Jacobs. Ah, Jacobs can't punch. Right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's put it out. Hopefully Jacobs yeah. isn't listening. Yeah, let's see, let's but, see the guys that Jacobs has fought that he's actually yeah. made him bleed, right? Yeah. But to, again, right, if you're just going by the facts, it's been years mm-hmm. since Rosado has actually bled profusely yeah. in a fight. I think it's just what we remember, mm-hmm. right, from some of his earlier fights. So I, I give him a fighter's chance, man, but he's going to have to throw punches. He's yeah. going to have to frustrate the young kid, which, again, fighters did, okay, mm-hmm. against, uh, against Munguia. Um, Smith was winning. So Smith was winning the early rounds and yeah. now boxing him, and then, and then he was just too, he's just too small. Mm-hmm. And Munguia's youth, you know, speed, power just kind of took over. He doesn't have the size over uh, Rosado. 
Yeah. They're about to say Rosado's like five eleven and a half, right? Mm-hmm. So they're about the same size. Yeah. Rosado's an excellent shape, a pro's pro. Um, you know, he's he's not gonna come in here unprepared. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm gonna go with you, okay? I'm gonna say Mungia by decision, uh-huh. but it is gonna be close. It's gonna be close. Yeah, yeah and there's gonna be some rounds that that can go either way. Yeah. Now what I would love to see yeah. is both of these guys get knocked down two or three times in the fight. And this will be fight of the year. Yeah, it's got the makings of it, yeah. but but I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not gonna be. Yeah, it's not gonna be only because only because um, Rosado's not gonna make it happen. Yeah, Rosado will mix it up when he has to, but I think he's smart enough. I I think mm-hmm. the game plan coming in because here's the thing, Rick. Um, he's 35. Yeah, right, and I don't think he can stand in the pocket there. No, and he knows that he can't stand in the pocket there. He can, but it's probably not going to end up too good. And neither does Freddie Roach. You're talking about mm-hmm. 35 against 25, so I think Rosado is going to try to make it a boxing match. Yeah. He, I believe he knows that the that, that the, the, the path to victory mm-hmm. is through a boxing match. Yeah, the sweet science, Rick. That's what I think he has to mm-hmm. do. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm just yeah. I I think that's what he's got to do. Um, but uh, hopefully he he knows that he's probably down two or three rounds before the fight even starts. Yeah, he's got to know it, and I think he does. Yeah. I think he does, right? Um, I, big opportunity for Jaime Munguia, mm-hmm. man. It's a big opportunity, right? Yeah. Because again, Daniel Jacobs couldn't put put out Rosado. Yeah. Um, you know, Bechtermir gets knocked out by Rosado, so this is a a big opportunity for Munguia. Yeah, there's a lot of big fights out there for him. Mm-hmm. If he if he beats Rosado, you know, he could get a triple G next year. Yeah, you know, even even a Canelo fight. You yeah, know, at the end of next year. Um, yeah, yeah, but, or, he, or but he has to win this one. Yeah, or certainly early twenty twenty three. Yeah, right. It would be Canelo's. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that's why this is a big fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that again for Munguia, he's got to be patient. Mm-hmm. He's got to box. He has to open up when the opportunities present themselves. Yeah. Other than that, right? He's got to just kind of um, he's got to pressure Rosado, and he has to force Rosado to stand in there and fight. Right? Mm-hmm. He's got to cut the ring off, and he's got to you know bring the Philly fighter out of yeah. Rosado. If he doesn't, then Rosado, I'm telling you right now, man, Rosado will outbox this kid yeah. for at least eight rounds. Mm-hmm. Will they give him the fight? No idea. No. But I don't think, Rick, I don't think that you're going to see that, yeah, that all-out, Hagler, Hearns, yeah. Brawl. I don't think you're going to see that. Yeah. Because I, I, Rosado and Roach know that, that that's just not going to that's not gonna end up very good for Rosado. Yeah. Not against a young 25-year-old. No. Who, you know, who hits with power. Mm-hmm. Not, not going to happen. Um, well, there you go, Rick. Yeah, let me go ahead and throw out the lock of the week. Oh, yeah. Is uh, this it? No, this isn't it. I didn't think uh, so. David Benavides. <laughs> you know, yeah. Let's look at. The, I gotta look. Let's look at the odds, right? Have we pulled the odds yeah. for that fight? The, the the odds are probably not good in Kyron Davis's uh, favor. Yeah, well, they're probably not. But uh, I'm talking about the odds for the uh, for the 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 Rosado fight. Uh-huh. You know, what what do we got here? Uh, all right, we'll we'll have to pull it up. Yeah. We'll have to pull it up. All right, let's take a break. We got the stat of the week. Yeah. Coming and up. A little bit of boxing news. Oh, we got the what am I talking about? Yeah. We still got the boxing news. Boxing news, stat of the week. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Parado are back. Yeah, man, looking at the odds, um, so Munguia's favored big time, right? Anywhere mm-hmm. from a minus 1,000 to minus 1,200, Rick. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Gabe Rosado at, yeah, let's just call it a plus 500. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? I'm not a betting man, Rick, yeah. but if I was, I would be very tempted to put some money on Rosado. He's, he's a live dog in this one. You know, that's why I, I couldn't make it the lock of the week because yeah. I could see Rosado winning this fight. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you got Rosado anywhere from five to one to seven to one. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's uh, like I said. You know, we're not uh, we don't condone gambling. No, we're not telling people to go out there and do it, but we do get asked, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. This would be 
a very interesting one yeah with those odds all right, Rick, what do we got going on in the boxing news? Uh, so for vo- boxing news, I think um, other than the Canelo fight, the big news of the weekend yeah. was uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. Yeah. He's leaving the Robert Garcia gym yeah. and is going to join uh, the Reynoso yeah. camp. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, right? And I know the you know the word is that uh, you know what's coming out is that because he chose Franco mm-hmm. right, to be at the Franco fight instead of the Virgil Ortiz Jr. fight. Yeah. Um, but Ortiz or uh, Garcia kind of gives some information, right, yeah. as to why he made that choice. Yeah, um, Garcia was saying that um, you know Frank, he's been with Franco, you know, his whole career. Um, he also sent his father and his son to be in um, Ortiz's uh, corner. Yeah. Um, also, he said he felt that the the bigger disadvantage was. Franco, a Golden Boy fighter, going to a top ranked card, and we sure. we've seen how these top ranked scorecards kind of come out sometimes. Yeah. So he was he was more worried about that fight and felt that um, Virgil Ortiz would do fine yeah. in the uh, Mean Machine fight. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's a cop out, Rick. I yeah. don't think that's the reason. I think they're just citing that as the reason. I mm-hmm. think it's one of those where you know. They wanted to break up anyways, kind of like a relationship, you know, and you're just going to that's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I think the dad probably has a lot to say with it as well. And, you know, you start looking at that and, you know, if that is it, that's a petty reason. Yeah. Because the reasons that Robert Garcia is giving that speaks to loyalty. Mm -hmm. Right. In a sport where there really is no loyalty. Right. He's talking about loyalty. He's stuck with this guy that he's been with a long time for, and then the aforementioned reasons, right? That would yeah. make complete sense. I think they probably wanted to switch anyways. Not his first trainer either, right? Yeah. No, no. This is uh, his third trainer. He was with uh, Joel Diaz before. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think just um, they're, they're using that as an excuse. I think yeah. if, had he done a little bit better against the mean machine. He got yeah. hurt in that fight. He ended up winning. Yeah. But um, that was two straight fights where it was kind of, you know, a little shaky. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, in his ear, you know, maybe it's time for a change. We'll see yeah. how we can do with somebody else. Yeah, because he beat Maurice Hooker mm-hmm. before that, right? But he lost a round or two, yeah. right? And not only lost, but I mean, you know, Hooker dominated those mm-hmm. rounds. Um, but isn't his dad supposedly a trainer anyways? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, he was, I think, lead trainer for the Mean Machine. Right. Yeah. Just all the, all the antics and all that stuff with, with, uh, Ortiz's junior dad I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, also in the news, um, I guess at the fight, Teofimo Lopez was there backstage. Yeah. Uh, hanging out with Eddie Hearn and, uh, they shook hands on a fight for Devin Haney for 2022. Wow. Yeah. An old school yeah. handshake. Handshake. Handshake deal. That's it. Can't be broken. Yeah. This is like, uh, you know, business deals on a napkin, right? Uh-huh. You know, at, uh, at uh, you know, in the hotel bar. You mm. know what I mean? Yep. I'll build you a network for $10 million <laughs> and bam, there it is. Yeah. You know, it's all we need. That's interesting. We'll see. We'll see how far that holds up. Yeah. So hopefully you that know? holds up. Uh, Would love for it to hold up, by the yeah. way. Right. It'd be a great fight. You know. Yeah. Haney still has to win his fight yeah. uh, against Jojo Diaz, but um, yeah. What else, what else did they agree? Just it, just that yeah, I'll give no. you a fight. And that was the handshake. Yeah, I guess you know. Yeah, uh, Hearn is promoting uh, Teofimo's next fight, so you know maybe there's some kind of other yeah discussion. Um, there, there also was discussion. Uh, a lot of people didn't like that uh, Teofimo Lopez was taking unified. Uh-huh. Championship photos with Canelo in yeah. the back. Oh, really? And uh, Josh Taylor came out and said, "You're yeah. not the unified champ. The yeah. that Devin Haney's the WBC champ. You know yeah. that uh, yeah. he's um, was hmm. the super champ. Yeah, in in the WBC. So, right. Um, you know, a lot of hmm. people saying he shouldn't have been taking those pictures. That's funny. Um, <laughs> also, a couple fights that have been made: uh, Connor Ben versus yeah. Chris Algieri, December 11th. Yeah, on the zone. Remember, I told you the. Chris Algieri was going to get a fight, yeah, of some yeah. significance. So you know, Algieri, the nutritionist for Daniel, the Miracle Man, Jacobs, uh-huh. Rick. It's a pretty big fight. Conor Ben is, you know, up and coming, and uh, you know, a nice name to to put on his resume. Yeah, he's going to beat Chris Algieri. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the big Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. Yeah, uh, December eighteenth. Yep. And and Amanda Serrano will be on the uh, undercard. Yeah, and I and I actually think right, like I said, I'm I'm all in now with Jake Paul. Uh huh. 
I no longer see him as just some, you know, some side bit uh-huh. who's doing this for the money. Yes, he's doing it for the money. But you mm-hmm. know what? He's really training to be a fighter. Yeah. And he's making a ton of money, and he gives a part of his purse to the undercard fighters, mm-hmm. which is something that very few, you know, headline fighters do. Yeah. Right? He's bringing interest to the sport, and now he's fighting a quote unquote real fighter, real fighter Rick, yeah. which Fury, Tommy Fury, is not a real fighter. Mm-hmm. Okay. This guy barely got by his last opponent, Rick, in four rounds. Uh-huh. This is the first, like I said, I come full, full circle. I 100% would like to see Jake Paul knock this bum out. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I hope he does. And I think he will. You know, it, I uh, hope he does. You know, other than being uh, Tyson Fury's half brother. Yeah. You know, really, he wasn't very impressive in the ring. Not at all, right? No. And this will start, right? This will start for people to see. Now, they could say whatever. They could say, oh, well, Tommy Fury's not a real fighter, didn't yeah. really have a real career, any of that stuff. Who cares? He's somebody who's dedicated himself to being a fighter. Yeah. So if you're going to call Tommy Fury a fighter, then you got to call Jake Paul a fighter as yeah. well. No, yeah, definitely. Yep. And that's all I have for the boxing news. Good stuff, Rick. I know there was, uh, you know, only so much. Oh, don't forget also, right, we had um, Ryan Garcia, uh-huh. right, kind of coming out, responding to, uh, to Canelo, mm-hmm. right, to Canelo's, um, you know, very uh, pointed feedback about him not being dedicated to the sport, et cetera. Uh, remember we talked last week yeah. that we hadn't heard Garcia respond, right? Well, he finally did. And he was there, by the way, at the fight in Vegas taking pictures and saying, mm-hmm. hey, my big bro just unified, you know, the 168. Um, but I'm thinking about it. From Ryan Garcia's perspective, what could he say? Yeah. Like, screw this guy? Yeah, no. You know, because, <laughs> you know, yeah, the, you know, the problem is, is Canelo's kind of like that, um, um, the Kobe Bryant. Yeah, where no, nobody right. outworks him, and Kobe's gonna let you know. That's right. Hey, yeah, that's right. You know, you're, you're not working hard enough. No, that's exactly right. So I thought about it. Yeah, you're right. What's he gonna say? No. So yeah. he says yes. He appreciates it, the feedback. He knows it's all love. Da 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 da. So that's good, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, he responded the way he's supposed to. Yeah. Because what's he gonna say? You know, challenge Canelo. Yeah. You know, Canelo's just seeing what he sees. And there's the old adage too, right? It's like. It's not when somebody's being critical of you that you should be concerned. It's when they're saying nothing about you, mm-hmm. right? It's like, yeah. you know, if a coach stops talking to you and give him feedback, he's written you off, Rick. Yeah. You know? Um, not that I ever got that treatment. Didn't ever need it, you know? But I think that, um, I think he did the right thing. Garcia says, just wait. I'll be back. I'm going to knock out everybody cold. Just get in the ring and fight. Yeah. Would be enough. So, all right. Last segment, Rick, we got the everybody's favorite stat of the mm-hmm. week. And we're going to close this out. And then we can't wait to see fans next Saturday yeah. in Anaheim. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Stat of the week, Rick. What do we got? Okay, so um, we're going to stick with uh, the Canelo theme. Yes. He fought at the MGM Grand, which opened um, 28 years ago. Um, I heard this over the weekend. The first fight, main event, that the uh, MGM Grand hosted. This was back in 1994. Wow. You know what's interesting, by the way, is that the MGM Grand really took over from Caesar's Palace, mm-hmm. right? Didn't seem like yeah. back in the day, you know, the like every every fight that the four kings were in was seemingly at the Caesar's Palace, yeah, right. And then that switched, it seems like, to the MGM Grand. I didn't realize it was 28 years ago in 1994. So the first championship fight, Rick, in '94, yeah, what was that? It was uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, Frankie Randall won. Wow. The one that Chavez lost. Yeah, the one Chavez lost. Yeah. Um, you know, he had just signed, you know, because they just opened that. Yeah. Um, they were looking for to stage big fights. Yeah. Um, at the time, you know, Tyson was going through uh, his legal mm-hmm. issues. So right. they really didn't have a heavyweight to put in there. Yeah. So they wanted, um, you know, Chavez was the, was the next big fight. Yeah. Or fighter. Yep. So he signed a three-year, uh, three-fight deal with yeah. the MGM Grand. And he actually lost that fight to uh, Frankie, Frankie Randall. Yeah, on wow. January 29th, 1994, but I I was looking at the um 
The undercard of that yeah. fight. Yeah. So the undercard of that fight. Yeah. Felix Trinidad. Yeah. Versus Hector Camacho. Wow. Um, you had Simon Brown. Yeah. Who was a you know former world champion against yeah. Troy Walters. Yeah. And you even had Tommy Hearns. Yeah. Fighting Dan Ward. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then a couple other names that were on the undercard. Meldrick Taylor had a mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. As well as uh, Christy Martin. Interesting. So oh, it was loaded. Daughter. What a card. Loaded card. Yeah. What a card. Who uh, and who's promoting that? Was that a Don King? Yes, Don King. Yeah, well, it's like you said. You know, Don King, mm-hmm. um, his cards were, were were stacked. Yeah, right. It was a who's who. He had, I mean, of course, he had a lot of fighters mm-hmm. right under under him back then. So he so he could do that. But uh, interesting, man. So of course, Chavez loses that fight. Loses that fight, and then he beats Randall in the rematch. So was that the second of those fights? It then? was the second of those fights. All yeah. three actually took pay- place in '94. Oh no, kidding! So it was uh, January 29th was the first one. Yeah, May 7th he he beat Frankie Randall on tex- technical decision. Yeah, and then uh, he the rematch with Meldrick Taylor. Yeah, he knocked him out in eight. Yeah, in, in September. Yeah, makes sense. Wow, that's interesting. And yeah, th- like I said, to think 28 years later, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, when's the last major fight that took place outside in Caesar's Palace? I don't even think it exists anymore as a venue, does it? Yeah, no. But just looking at Chavez's uh, the De La Hoya yeah fight, um, the first one yeah. was at Caesar's Palace. Yeah, I mean it's been a while. It's pretty much the MGM Grand now, mm-hmm. um, the T-Mobile Arena. Yeah, right. And then you know, I guess Alliance Stadium if they're going to have that. Mm-hmm. But those are the big places now in, yeah. in Vegas, right? A changing of the guard, Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, also, changing of the guard, not necessarily in the 168-pound division with Canelo Alvarez unifying it, Rick. That'll do it for this week. See you at the fights this uh, this Saturday, Rick. Yeah. Honda Center, Rosado, Munguia. We'll be out there. We'll be putting some stuff out on Instagram. We'll have some shirts and stuff. Hopefully, we run, we run into some folks. That'll do it. See you next week, Rick. See you next week.